Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Colby Cast. On this episode, Caleb, Luke, and I are going to discuss episode two of Marvel Studios' She-Hulk. So before we get into it, that will be a spoiler-filled episode. So if you haven't watched it, go check it out and come back to this episode of the podcast. Without further delay, hello, Caleb. Hello. Hello, Luke. I'm eating small oranges. Are they called mm, tangerines? I think these are mandarins. Mandarin oranges? Maybe. What? I think so. Excellent. Well, enjoy. Enjoy, uh, enjoy your oranges. Um, so uh, before we get into the, the She-Hulk episode, did you guys see some of the marketing that they put out this week with Titania tagging uh, all over the wall with uh, the She-Hulk uh, attorney at law posters. All thanks to the amazing Colby Cast Twitter. Oh yes, did did uh, the Colby Cast Twitter retweet that? Yep. Uh, well, that's that's fine social media marketing right there. Luke, did you see this? I did not. So it's very funny. So go check it out. And if you're out there and you haven't seen it, uh, go check it out. It's very funny. Uh, you can refer to the Colby Cast Twitter, and and it's right there. But uh, we actually got to hear Titania talk more than she actually talked in episode one and it's it made me laugh out loud it was pretty hilarious um and it's sort of funny because leading into this episode we learned something about titania that we didn't know before because i mean literally all she's done is break through a wall and get punched by she hulk but she is a superhuman influencer and i can't tell you how funny i think that is so you know we're starting it off this way but I, I think that that's hilarious. I don't know when we're going to see Titania again, but I'm interested to see when she comes around because it looks like she's just going to be a super tongue-in-cheek, cheesy type of character, and I don't think we've ever seen a quote-unquote villain like her before. But anyway, that's just a, a thought on Titania, really. Uh, what did you guys think about this week's episode? Loved it. Would you like to expand on that? No. All right. Luke, how did you like this week's episode? <laughs> It's like vanilla ice cream, really. It's good, but you know you can only have so much vanilla ice cream before you're like, hmm, maybe some Rocky Road would be nice. So you enjoyed it, but you're looking forward to more? Something a little different. I don't know. I just hope that it doesn't stay like this boring, I guess. So you thought the episode was boring? A little bit. I mean, like she said, lawyer show. So... I want more Hulk smash and punch. Um, but it's a lawyer show. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, we had, you and I had an interesting discussion. And it was after we recorded last week's episode about She-Hulk. And, and I sort of had a realization as we were wrapping that up. And, and, I, and I sort of confirmed it with you. Um, and, and I'm going to bring that up right now. Unbeknownst to you. Because we really don't go into this as a, with a plan you know, we try to make authentic conversation that way. Uh, but um, you are more cut from like the the Infinity War, Endgame, Loki, sort of serious, dramatic. That's your wheelhouse with all this stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm a big DC guy. So my favorite superhero stories are serious ones that have stakes. Not mistakes? Nice. <laughs> so you're looking for some some stakes. You're looking for um something with a little bit more of a of a dramatic tone and I would say Miss Marvel and this so far 
isn't that? Is that true? Yeah, and even WandaVision a little bit. It wasn't that. WandaVision was literally about a woman mourning the death of her husband. How much? How much more dramatic and filled with stakes can you get than that? Yeah, yeah, but like you didn't know that during at some points, right? So true. I don't know. I guess that that's sort of that's sort of what I enjoy more out of the stories. And She Hulk isn't really that, but it's not. I don't dislike it so far. Yeah, and that was going to be my next point was that you are enjoying it for what it is, but this this style of television or this style of storytelling isn't really in your your what was that wheelhouse that i said like it's not something that you're going to be looking forward to oh i want to watch this kind of storytelling right exactly it's interesting so but i like that because you're still gonna give it a shot and you're still looking at it for what it is and commenting on what you see so i appreciate the fact that you're you're still going for it uh caleb i you know i still would love to hear more about what you liked about the episode except for that you liked it loved it are you still trying to do like your Ferb impersonation from a couple episodes ago where you're just sort of vocalizing in very small ways or just completely saying, I'm just glad you're not sitting there saying, I am Groot. <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I was just correcting you because you said I liked it when I said I loved it. So I said I loved it. Oh, gotcha. But I liked it. For many reasons, I loved it because of all the things that it tied into the actual Avengers universe again in this episode. I again loved it for what they've already warned you it's going to be, and that's in your face, really. there. I can't tell you how many Easter eggs I caught on to from other movies. Like when she's walking into the Supermax prison, there's a DODC sign because it's Department of Damage Control, Supermax prison, that was in... Uh, one of the Spider-Man movies, and also in Ms. Marvel. Um, when she's talking to one of the the correctional officers, they go and they say, uh, she says some line that is a nod to when, I forget the character's name, but they go visit Hannibal Lecter in the prison. So good. So I was confused by that, and that was actually one of the moments where I thought it was a little bit wonky, because that totally went over my head. So she says something like, uh, are you going to give me some fava bean, beans and uh, something and a glass of Chianti? She, she just can't even finish the word Chianti, right? And he stops and looks at her and says, this is a prison, ma'am. And I totally did not understand that. But yeah, that's a reference to Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal Lecter, right? Yeah, it's Hannibal Lecter's iconic line. And it's just so creepy. I have I don't think I've seen the full movie, but it's a famous famous enough line where I've heard it a million times and I went and I was like, I think I recognize that from something. And then after the episode of She-Hulk was done, I looked it up. It's like, oh man, that's a hell of a line for her to be throwing in a Marvel show of all things. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that, um, that I found that out because like I said, that was a moment that sort of went right over my head and it took me out of it for a second. But I'm I, now on subsequent rewatches, I can, I appreciate what it is because, yeah, this show is really uh, – it, it's delivering on what it says it's going to deliver. It's meta and it's snarky and it's tongue-in-cheek, and that moment is a, a good example of it. Um, before we move on, though, I really wanted to make sure everybody knows about another QR code. And this time, 
Mom found it. Mom and I were sitting there watching the episode, and she's like, "Oh, look, there's a QR code." So we paused it, and we uh, and, and of course the QR code will take you to another um, comic, which is actually a She-Hulk comic from 2004, She-Hulk number one from 2004, which apparently influenced this episode. Um, but my thoughts on the episode is the first time I watched it, I sort of sat there and said, "Oh, okay, well, you know, that moved the story along," um, but. You know, I wanted more. I wanted, I wanted some more, but they're holding true to being their, you know, this lawyer type of show, which is a thirty-minute sh- sitcom essentially. Um, so, my first feeling was like, oh, that was that felt a little too short. I wanted a little bit more story. I wanted a little bit more of what we got like last week, uh, but it really had a lot in it in that small packed episode. It was very packed. And one of the things that I wanted to bring up was the web page that contained some interesting some interesting things on it. Luke, I don't know if you um, are aware of any of this, but there's a scene where where Jennifer Walters, of course, so she loses her job as a deputy DA. Uh, for a time, she's unemployed. She goes on some interviews. It's not working out. And she's sitting on her couch, and she's browsing the internet with her friend, Nikki. And they show the web page that she's looking at uh and luke did you um this is where the qr code by the way was on the on the web page did you see anything about what was contained on that web page was the article headline no it was on the side it, it yeah. was the side links yeah one of the about the bar fight yeah so there's a link to an article about a guy with claws getting into a bar fight um under that, there's another link to an article about why is there a giant head sticking out of the ocean. Did you see that one? Finally, somebody referenced Eternals because, <laughs> I mean, no one in real life was referencing the Eternals, so I was hoping someone in the MCU would. <laughs> well, this is the first reference we get of it, so I thought that was pretty funny. And it's always, and it's like the side links that they're trying, it's like clickbait almost, right, of these websites that are are trying to get you to click on these links. But then on top of it, on the top, there's some more links on the top. And one of them is um, find (laughs) Ant-Man. And then another one, oh, right above the articles with the man with the claws um, is an advertisement for Iron Man shoes. So it's like Iron Man 3 or something like Iron Shoe 3, something. But it was almost like they're trying to position it as like uh, Michael of like Jordans, Air Jordans or something like that. So uh, all that I thought was a lot of fun, Caleb. Yeah, when in that same scene where she's, we all see what's on her laptop screen, she pulls away and pulls out her phone. Did you notice what's on the phone? Yes. Um. I think this is what this is something that Luke said last week, so I'm going to let him say it again. Did you see what her 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 screensaver was on her phone? I did not. It was Captain America's derriere, aka uh, his voluptuous dump truck. Okay, <laughs> I guess that's one way of putting it. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Um, yeah, so it was it, it was uh, Captain America's booty. So another running joke. She's really obsessed with uh, with Captain America. Uh, but let's talk seriously here for a second because is this – you think this is really, um, you know, the whole article with the man with the claws? Do you really think that, that they're trying to build a case or is this just a fun, a fun little nod to, hey, mutants could be out there um, and sort of furthering that, that narrative? Or do you think it's just a, hey, wink and you miss it type of moment? 
I think it's just a nod. I don't think that they would... I don't think they'll elaborate off of it at all. It's probably a little Easter egg to drop so that when the mutants finally do come along in 2094, <laughs> people can look back at it and say, hey, they've been here all along, right? But I, I don't think that they would use She-Hulk or Miss Marvel to be the way to introduce the mutants, right? No, like properly, right? Like outright? No, I don't think so. But I, I enjoy what they are doing with it because we get the whole word in Ms. Marvel about your mutation with the X-Men theme. And then also now this, a, a man with claws is fighting. And of course it would be Wolverine. If, if, if Wolverine is already in the MCU, he would definitely be living in the shadows, right? He wouldn't, he, he's going to be maybe a hundred years old, a couple hundred years old. We don't know the guy just, he doesn't age right very much. So, uh, it would be cool if he were out there, and this would be a fun little nod to it. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, so then we get into the family scene. <laughs> oh, you're giggling already. What, what, why does a why does this elicit a giggle just off the the mention of the family scene? Isn't this where they start talking about if Hawkeye goes and yeah. recons his arrows? I just thought that was so funny because again, this show is asking real questions that fans of all different magnitudes ask anyway. Uh, yes, and I think it's a legit question. What is your opinion, Luke? Does uh, does Hawkeye go back for all of his arrows that he shoots? No, damage control does. <laughs> Maybe. So yeah, he has somebody else do that. Um, I I thought the, that the that this family scene was properly cringy. Like it was supposed to be cringy, and boy was it cringy because that family is not is not a family I would think Jen would want to sit down and have dinner with because that was just torturous with. Even you know with Ched and his massive hair, and it was Ched, not Chad. Ched, the new supervisor at the at the um, the what is it? What Best was it? Buy. The Best Buy, yeah. So, um, any any other thoughts on the on the family scene besides Hawkeye's arrow? Just another awesome Marvel dad, <laughs> just like Miss Marvel. <laughs> the dad was cool. He was cool. Yeah. Um, have you guys ever heard of a TV show called Allie McBeal? No. Caleb, have you ever heard of a show called Allie McBeal? Okay, so Allie McBeal was on TV from 1997 to 2002. And it was basically a half-hour comedy lawyer show. And they've made no mistake about or made no secret of that it's, it's an influence on this show. So like the format and sort of the whole overarching story... You know, single female uh, lawyer uh, living the lawyer life. I think it was based in L.A. too. So it's it's got a lot of influences here. Um, but fun little tidbit also is that not only are they really sticking to that type of storytelling, um, but they in one of the bar scenes, Allie McBeal was playing on the television. So another fun little Easter egg. Fun fact about Ally McBeal is that it starred a lady by the name of Callista Flockhart, who is married to Harrison Ford. We're we're full of fun facts. Yes. Another one is you said L.A. and it made me think of obviously Los Angeles. Believe it or not, is in California. Um, in in all the news scenes that have all the different things, there's always like the little like. Fox News or CNN, right? Yeah. There's theirs. I it starts with the K. I can't remember, but it's the same ones that shows up in the uh, in the Ant Man and the Wasp movies because he's also based in California, and I think that's another hilarious Easter egg. 
That's right. I saw somewhere where the the when he became giant giant man in San Francisco, I think it was in the second Ant Man. The same news channels were reporting on it. So yeah, fun. And you mentioned it earlier, Caleb, that this show is tying into like the Avengers type of universe. I think better than any of the other Disney Plus shows. And it's stuff like that. It's very small little nods, but we got a lot of Tony talk, Cap talk in the first episode, and this one. Uh, that that little tidbit right there. So uh, I think I think that's that. I'm enjoying. A, I'm really enjoying that part of the show. I don't know if I'm just gonna just jump over a bunch of stuff, but I love the Hulk talk too, because now at the family gathering, her uh, Jen's dad has made it uh, a, a moment to pull her away from all the chaos that she's um, being thrown into, and is like, "Hey, are you okay?" Which I thought was awesome. Yeah, but. He also says very um, comforting words like, you're not the first Hulk that we've had to deal with in this family and you didn't even destroy a city. I thought that was great. It makes her feel better, but it also acknowledges like this is a real family. It's not just a, a character line that they've thrown together last minute in the Marvel Universe because, oh, yeah, they're cousins, but it's an actual relationship and it's tying into they have that history. They have that knowledge. Let's make it better for Jen. So it's sort of like Hulk, not necessarily walked because Hulk only sprints through walls, <laughs> but for the term I'm going to use is like Hulk walked so Jen can run, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, I like that scene too. It was a nice moment where it shows that he's not just some goofy character, but he's an actual, he's an actual dad that, that's caring for his daughter. Uh, and it also serves as another good example about how it ties into things because he's talking about destroying cities. So is he talking? Is he referencing the Harlem fight in Incredible Hulk? Is he referencing uh, New York from Avengers? Is he referencing? I can't remember the city that he destroyed in the Hulk Hulkbuster fight in, in Ultron. Is that Ultron? Yeah, the Hulkbuster. I don't know. I can't remember what city they were in. Uh, but he destroyed that one too. So which city are we talking about? Because there's a lot to choose from. I love. I don't remember Abomination's name other than Abomination. Emil Blonsky. Okay, we're just gonna go Emil. I love that Emil <laughs> in the cell, he literally goes, yeah, Hulk is a completely different person. I thought that was so hilarious too. Well, yeah, so let's talk about that to, sort of to, just to, to gear up, to wrap up. Um, I think it's cool that this this is the way that they're going with this character because it's always sort of been a question mark whether or not that movie, The Incredible Hulk, is it part of the MCU? Is it canon? You know, it is in a sense. I don't think that that's been the question. But is it is it fully right? Uh, Thunderbolt Ross was in that movie, and then he again was in Civil War, and he was again in, uh, I believe it was Infinity War. So that is a through line. But they really never acknowledge the events of that movie, especially with the um, the whole big fight at the end with Abomination and the Hulk. But now they did. So we've got Emil Blonsky being represented for his parole by, uh, by Jen Walters, massive conflict of interest. And through that scene and the conversation with the Hulk, they do. They reference that movie as history in this universe. And I think that that's really cool. And I especially did like the line. It was actually Hulk that said it. He goes, oh, yeah, that's, that fight was a long time ago. I'm a completely different person, literally. And um, Mark Ruffalo actually referenced in an interview recently that he and uh, Ed, Ed Norton, Edward Norton, who was Bruce Banner in that movie, they've actually joked about it, saying that they're like, 
this generation's Macbeth where everybody gets a chance to play Bruce Banner or something like that. So anyway, so I think that that's pretty cool. We'll see where this goes. Uh, and then, of course, the end of the episode where we get to see, you know, uh, abominations, sh- shenanigans from Shang-Chi, which is going to complicate Jen's life moving forward, I'm sure. Uh, and we get to see Hulk now in a, a spaceship going off the planet. So, Which was my next point. Yeah, so... So here we are. Is this just a way you think, Luke, that uh, they're just you know they don't have enough money to pay Mark Ruffalo, so that they they just shot him off into space, or is this um, something we're going to come back to later, or is it uh, is it just something to keep us focused on She Hulk and not have Bruce Banner as a distraction? Because now he's in a spaceship and he just got shot off in apparently back to Sakaar, I would imagine. I think it depends on the direction they want to go with the show. If they want it to be strictly lawyer show and She-Hulk only uses her powers when she's, you know, in danger in the courtroom or something like that, then, yeah, we probably won't see much more of Bruce Banner. But I don't know why they would get rid of him or, you know, put the spaceship there in the first place if it didn't involve bringing it back later on. And I would imagine that Jen Walters slash She-Hulk is going to be helping Bruce in whatever conflicts he has later on. I agree. And we talked about it a little bit last week where, um, you know, they could have put anything in the middle of the road to force that car off the, off the side of the, the, the mountain, mm-hmm. but they chose to put uh, a Sakarian courier ship, something, whatever it's called. And now that same ship Hulk is now on going back. So if anything, we've, we've mm-hmm. learned about, you know, Marvel does things for a reason. They put things in places for a reason. Whether they go back to it or not, time will tell. But they've certainly set it up to explore some other kind of story off-planet now with Hulk because now the fact of the matter is Bruce Banner is no longer on Earth. Now will he show up in a couple episodes back and it's just a joke? I mean, ask Ralph Boner, right? That was a whole lot of uh, build-up in WandaVision for just a joke. So, yes, don't put it past them to just bring him back in another scene and be like, whatever. But it could also lead to something else. So that's sort of the fun, I think, of the MCU. They do these things so that we can go in directions. And if they don't want to go in those directions, they don't. So, uh, Right, so I guess the last thing we can talk about is now, where is Jen? She's lost her job as a deputy DA. She's now working for, I'm going to try it, GLKNH, which doesn't necessarily roll off the tongue, but at any point, she's now the head of their superhuman law department. When they were walking through the building, by the way, uh, they they passed a room that was full of comic books. I don't know if you guys saw that or not, but yeah, that they so and some of those comic books actually have Marvel covers on them. So it looks like Marvel Comics exists in the MCU on in one shape, way, shape or form. Uh, so now she's going to be heading up their superhuman law division. She's her first client is Emil Blonsky. And um, who knows what what is going to go on in the in the future? We only have to wait a few more days, but that's uh, that's the the trajectory that we are on. But most importantly, she has a very good poop map. <laughs> that's always important when you're at work. I think <laughs> I think we're going to get whiplash between Luke's opinion about a law show in the Marvel universe and mine because I'm just eating it up. Um, one of the reasons. <laughs> I'm eating it up is because I forget her paralegal's name, but she mentions 
to to Nikki. Jen. Nikki, thank you. Um, Nikki mentions to Jen that she's like, oh, yeah, you're better than Avenger. I don't even know that they get paid. Yeah. I thought that was very funny because they also talk about it in um, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? Sure. Yep. So not only is she going to probably be an mm-hmm. Avenger, but she's also going to mm-hmm. sort of head up all of the, the legal department and all of this different stuff. And it obviously is going to have Daredevil in it. And who else are they going to bring in? And I think it's a really cool thing because it's an added aspect of things in superhero world that not a lot of people think of. People think of superpowers, don't think of like the Sokovia Accords. I know it was a, a sensitive topic for a lot of people, but I really liked it because it was yeah. that added, added aspect. Same yeah. thing with this show. And I just like that it's a it's a parole thing. It's, it's not just, oh, did Hulk like break through this building who's liable like yeah. it's not just the the stereotypical thing you see for lawyers in all sorts of different cinematic shows or whatever you want to call it so i'm really enjoying that aspect of it especially i think it's cool too because uh it's not just bad guys that are the obstacles for the good guys it's also real world problems i mean nobody mm-hmm. I, I really wouldn't want to f- have a, a very long discussion about superhero healthcare. I'm not sure how into that I would be, <laughs> but it is still a funny uh, nod to this is a real world type of situation that they all have to live in. And uh, yeah, so um, it's, it's, a fun, it's a fun way of adding an obstacle for somebody that isn't super powered or something bad uh, like that. So um, any final thoughts on the episode before we sign off? So her new boss mentioned that their firm is the first major firm to represent super-powered people, right? And I think it was interesting that they said major firm because maybe Matt Murdock is over there doing something and that's how he gets involved. I didn't catch that major word and I think that's a fun idea because Matt Murdock uh, is obviously going to be in the show. We've seen that. Uh, unless it's somebody really odd dressing up like Daredevil, but you know, let's just say it's going to be Matt Murdock. Uh, so yeah, he's over there, based out of New York. He's clearly helping out Spider-Man, or at least with Peter Parker. Uh, so maybe he's, yeah, maybe he's that. That's an overt reference then to him. That's a cool. That's a cool idea. Um, anything? Uh, that's it. That that was it. All right. Uh, any final thoughts there, Caleb? I like that aspect even more now because. Maybe you're going to see Daredevil and She-Hulk battling it out in a courtroom or litigating. And then maybe in the next scene, now they're full on fighting in the streets. I think that's going to be really cool to see if that happens. I'd like to see them working together, but who knows? Uh, I'm just excited to see what what's next in store. I think they did a good job at the beginning of the episode, continuing to break the fourth wall. Yeah. And then when she's walking through, she's talking about like how unhappy he's going to be and all this negative stuff. And she's just sort of venting to the audience. I thought that was great. Um, I think it's a good amount of it. I was really expecting it to be like really in your face, fourth wall type of stuff, but I'm glad that it wasn't. And it's not at a a tempo where I'm like, okay, this show's really slow. I really like everything they've done with it so far. And it makes me that much more annoyed that it comes out weekly instead of me being able to binge through 10 episodes in a sitting uh, which I'm not ashamed to say that I've done and will do in the future. <laughs> yes, you and I are on opposite ends of the binge subject because I 
I will not watch a show unless it's called Stranger Things uh, if I have to binge it because I just don't have the time to binge something. Uh, but on a weekly on a weekly type of release, I'm here for it. If anything, I want the episodes to be longer. I know they're sticking to the 30-minute sitcom type of structure, which I'm fine with. That's cool. But I, I, I find this week the same thing I found last week, which was I want to see more more of this episode. I want more of it, basically. And I guess that's a good sign. One last thing I wanted to mention was the scene when Jen is in the bar. She is like talking to her old boss who fires her in She-Hulk form. Yeah. And he's like, no, I need to talk to Jen right now. And then the minute she turns back into Jen, she's drunk as a skunk. And it just made me think of all the buzz, none of the barf. It's literally two different people. Yeah. It's not like she's the same sobriety level as She-Hulk. The minute Green was gone, so was she. Yeah, that was funny. And Tatiana Maslany plays a really good drunk. 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 I don't know what that is. Uh, drunk. Uh, she's very funny when she's like all that playing that tipsy type of stuff. Uh, she's she's a great actress in 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 any sense. But uh, I always giggle when she's a little bit drunk. I also giggle when her friend says "fancy desk." I don't know why that's so funny to me, but she's so funny. Um, and I guess my final thought is going to be if Marvel doesn't publish a book of abomination haiku i think that that is going to be a missed opportunity so if anybody out there is listening and wants me to write an abomination uh haiku book um i'll do it i i'm not a professional haiku writer i'm not a poet but i'll write (laughs) abomination haiku if anything i just want to see some of this haiku that he's sending to bruce banner it's so wonderful Wonderful little uh, nod. I think um, another example of how fun and lighthearted it is and how he says namaste and his seven soulmates are going to buy him a house. I don't even know what his seven soulmates are. But it's it's irreverent and it's funny. And, um, yeah, it's this is She-Hulk. So looking forward to what we get next week. Looking forward to continuing to talk to you guys about it. Also looking forward to any feedback that you guys out there listening may have. So all of a sudden, you know, we really want to hear what you have to say. Send us those tweets and Instagram messages or or text messages or anything like that. And uh, we love talking to all of you guys about it. So feel free to chime in. Uh, And also thank you, um, as always, for listening to The Colby Cast. You can find The Colby Cast on Twitter and Instagram at The Colby Cast. If you're wordy, like me, you can send an email to thecolbycast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is not endorsed by anyone or anything for that matter. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Colby cast unless otherwise indicated. That'll do, donkey. That'll do.